we hit the gates running. And um, Lee mentioned the uh, youth conference that's coming up this weekend, but we have the following weekend, I don't know if there's a slide for that, Josh, um, for the um, Freedom Encounter. Yeah, that's going to be February 24th. And it's going to be here at the Covington campus. But this also is a multi-campus event we're doing with Metairie and Chalmette. And so you say, well, how do I know if I need to go on an encounter? Well, it's real simple. If you've never been, you need to go. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for a week or you've been saved for 30 years. God will do something on those encounters and you will be touched and God will move. So that's going to be Saturday. And where do you go to get all the information for the details about the app? It's all in the app. You punch the app. It's going to give you everything that you need to know, the time, all, all of that. So that's the 24th. And Sunday the 25th, we're going to have a water baptism here in the service following that. And so that's going to be Sunday, and that's going to be right here in the service. So um, just wanted to get that out there. That's going to be happening in two weeks. And, of course, Lee already mentioned the, um, the youth conference. So, so praise God. What a privilege, again, it is just to be in God's house. And how many of y'all know that if something is really difficult to do in your life, it's probably something that has the greatest benefit in your life? Does anybody can relate to that? Like exercise and dieting. That's that's. That's difficult. That, that's, you know, when is the best time to start a diet or start an exercise? Tomorrow. And then tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, you, you say it again, tomorrow is a good time to, 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 to diet and to exercise. Saving money, you know, that's a good thing, but it's a difficult thing to do. So probably if you look at your life and you think of things that are, mo that are most difficult to do, they probably are the things that have the, the greatest benefit, you know. Why is that? Because usually the things that are really good for us there's going to be a, 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 an opposition to doing those things. There's going to be something that's going to try to prevent us from, from gaining those things. So this past uh, week, um, and I think we had mentioned this Friday night, but we had our um, NRP uh, Winter Leadership Conference they have every year, and it was in Gulfport. And they had this amazing guest speaker, Gerald Brooks, came and spoke, and y'all might have heard of him. I think I had heard of his name before, but I've never really heard any of his teachings, any of his ministry. Just a really gifted, talented teacher. Um, if you get a chance, I know uh, Matt Snyder was telling me he's got a podcast and there's teachings that he does, but he was a very unique uh, speaker when he spoke. He even told us, he said, I'm not the, the typical flashy guy that preaches. He goes, I'm a teacher. And, uh, but just extremely gifted and just every word that he spoke, you kind of hung on to every word. And, and, uh, but there was a, um, a session that he did. I think it was the first session that he did um, it was a Tuesday morning, but anyway, um, he mentioned a statistic about the number of people that begin the race as a Christian, and I think it was a survey they had did with 300 Christians. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a, it was a statistic that he had given of the number of people that actually finish based on the number of people that actually start. And I've, I've shared that to this church before, that, and it was a very small percentage of people that actually started their race for Christ that actually finished, finished the race. And so he took this session and he kind of gave us four uh, leadership skills, some things that, that we could take on to that, that the people who finished, these are the things that they probably, the skills that they probably learned to do. And one of the things that he mentioned was, he said, the throne room must become your work room. And that, that phrase really stuck with me. And he was talking about your prayer life and that the amount of time that we spend in the presence of God uh, praying and that really, that um, that that really convicted that convicted me 
And so um, the message of the title, the title of the message today is Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. I'm not going to preach the message he preached on, on, on prayer. This is the, a message that God gave me, but it did convict me when he, when he spoke that. And I've obviously, I've preached on the subject of prayer before, and there's, there's certain subjects in the Bible I don't believe you can ever over-preach about. You know, love is one of them. The cross is one of them. Forgiveness is one. You know, and obviously, you know, we talk about, we talk about prayer. But, you know, I was thinking as I was feeling convicted and God was, you know, cutting me, I said, well, if I'm going to feel convicted and cut on this, I'm going to share that conviction with y'all, and I want y'all to carry that with me. So, so y'all going to get, hopefully, the same conviction that, that I got. I don't have to carry this burden alone. But, no, anyway, I just, I, I just, it just really woke me up. And, again, like I said, I've preached on prayer several times. But at the, you, can never, you can't ever overemphasize the prayer. But when you consider the subject of prayer compared to other things that we could preach about or talk about, prayer, a lot of times, is, could be considered boring. It's like, man, why don't you talk about, I don't know, anything else besides prayer? So when we rate it in, in, the, in, the, in our level of things that we think of in Christianity, a lot of times the subject of prayer rate, ranks at the bottom as far as how excited that we get you know, about a subject or whatever it is um, that we're talking about. So I think all of us would agree that committing to a daily prayer life is difficult. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the pastor of this church, and I'm telling you, to be committed to praying daily is hard. And if, and if you've ever made an attempt to try to pray and, 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 and try to get into a regular prayer life, I think you would admit and confess it's difficult. It's not easy to do. So why, why is that? Why is it difficult for us? Why is prayer so difficult to do? Well, the devil knows that if a Christian prays and a church prays, guess what that Christian is doing? They're connecting to the power of God. And the enemy knows if we ever tap into God's power, something's going to change in God's church. Something's going to change in your life. So the devil will do whatever he can to prevent us from praying, whatever he's got to do, whatever, whatever that looks like. The devil does not want a church praying. And, and so that, that, that's, there's, there's, there's power in prayer. See, when we, when we pray, we, prayer is our way of connecting to the source of our power, which is which is where, it's God. In other words, that's our that's our lifeline. That's our that's our connection. So if the devil can try to find a way to disconnect that, then he knows that he's he's defeated us. You know. So um, you know, a lot of times, again, we if we rank things in our mind, and I'm not saying we do this, but maybe we do it and we don't realize we're doing it, and we think of prayer. A lot of times. For whatever reason, prayer kind of, kind of falls at the bottom of the list. You know, when we, when we think of importance, maybe, or things that really are significant in my life as a Christian, a lot of times I believe prayer would rank at the bottom, and God wants us to put prayer at the top. In other words, in modern Christianity and flashy churches and great the, you know, theatrical things that are happening on stage and all the different things that are happening in, in churches today, and if they're preaching Jesus, it's all good stuff. But in, a lot of times in a flashy type modern Christian environment, prayer just is like, it's not there. And God's like, well, no, I don't care how flashy you get, how fancy you get with, you, with your services, I still want you to pray. In other words, in God's mind, that's like at the top of his list. So if that's at the top of his list, then I want it at the top of mine. Okay, if that, if that makes sense to y'all. So 
We're going to look at a passage here that's very familiar in Luke chapter 11. Um, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. So before I kind of break this, this passage down, I just want to um, just kind of do a couple of observations of, of prayer. Prayer is simply this. It's communicating with God. It's talking to God. It's just like I'm talking to you, or if, we, if you met someone when you walked into this building this morning, you, you carried on a conversation, you were communicating. Prayer is simply talking and communicating with God. And I think a lot of times, and I'm not knocking anybody who's written books and done courses and teachings and all these different things. There's a lot of subjects and a lot of things on prayer. But we have to be very careful as Christians. We don't overcomplicate prayer where we make it as something we can't relate to. And I'm not saying we've done that, but I think in our minds we think, well, I want to pray, but am I doing it right? Or am I, am I messing up? Or is this the right way to do it? And to really be honest with you, there really isn't, I don't think, a wrong way to pray if you're praying to God through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you. There's really not a, it's, again, it's just simply, it's communicating with God. It's, ta it's talking with God. So that's the first observation. The second one is, well, in, in the observation of communication with God, the thing that, that for me, and I've said this before to this church, that makes praying, at least for me, difficult is I can't see who it is I'm talking to. I don't, I don't, I know, I don't, I don't see God. And in a normal conversation, if I'm talking with someone, what happens? I talk, and then I shut up, and then they talk back. And God's speaking to us, but it's not in a in an audible voice. So that again, I'm just being, I'm just being dead honest with y'all. That's difficult. And so what happens is when you set that time aside to pray. You get, you get before God and you say, man, I'm, I'm going to pray. And then what starts happening? You get distracted. You start thinking of all, I don't know, you're thinking of breakfast, you're thinking of lunch, you're thinking of the thing you got to do when you, when you finish, whatever it is. It's that. So you got to fight through those things. You gotta, that, can, that can never be an excuse to say, well, it, you know what? I tried it and it didn't work. Try it again. Amen. Keep praying. That's what God is calling us to. The second observation is prayer is faith. So when we go to God in prayer, what do I have to believe? That God's, God's there. And not only is he there, but he's listening to me. Like he's actually, like if I, if I take the time to stop what I'm doing and pray, then I believe, God, you're there. And I also have the faith to say God is actually hearing what I say, and he will answer me. That's faith. How, do you, how, do you, how, do, how is faith demonstrated? By action. What did James say? Show me your faith. You, you, you demonstrate faith by works. Well, how do I demonstrate faith to God? I pray. I believe, God, you're there. I believe you're listening to me, so I pray. So I just wanted to say that, um, you know, Psalm 17, 6, is, this a, is it on the screen? It says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. The psalmist is like the psalmist was telling God, you hear my prayer. But look, it says, he's telling God, turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. It's like God wants us to come with him with that kind of boldness when we come to him in prayer. So 
this passage in Luke, um, I believe um, we need to answer some pretty, there's three questions I wanna, I wanna look at in this, in this passage um, today. And the, the first one, the first question we're gonna look at is why, why do we pray? The second question we wanna answer is how do we pray? And then the third question is will you pray? And I believe that is so significant. So the first thing we're gonna look at is, is verse one here. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray. So the first thing I wanna look at is why, why do we pray? And um, I believe one thing that's overlooked when, when Christians study praying or we talk about praying, that the most significant thing for me that's overlooked is this. Jesus prayed. Yeah. Like Jesus prayed. And you say, well, why, why is that significant? Because he was God. Like he's God. You say, well, he's, he was a man. Yeah, but he was also God. He was the God man. So what does that tell me? If Jesus prayed, then what should I do? I, I should pray. In other words, so even if he never taught on prayer or said to, or he, he commanded us to pray, I know just from reading the gospels, guess what I, guess what I figured out? Prayer is pretty important because Jesus prayed. See, I don't need a, a book to tell me that. I don't need a theologian to write a big, you know, theology, whatever on that. I can read the Bible and I have enough observation to be able to detect that Jesus prayed. So what does that tell me? I need to pray. See, so we, we, we see, we see what, God, what, what he's doing here. So, and you, if you read the gospels, you'll discover that a lot of times the gospel writer will say early in the morning, or it'll say before the sun was up, or in other words, it go, it, it, again, what, did I, what if I told y'all before? Look at the details when you read scripture. Pay attention to the details. And it says very early in the morning while it was still dark, the Bible says that Jesus did what? He got up and he went to a place and he prayed. So he was setting the example, not just by what he said, but to me it was more powerful by, by what he did. He, he was showing me how important it was by, by, by what he did. And so um, if Jesus thought that it was a priority to pray, then how much more should we not think that it's a priority to pray? It's got, it's got to be at the top of our list if Jesus, if Jesus did that. So, um, so what was it that Jesus was showing us by praying? Why, why do we pray? Well, the first thing is we pray because we need God's strength and his help. Uh, Psalms 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. See, when you pray before God, you are acknowledging that you need God's strength, that I can't do this in my own strength. That I, I, there was a, that, just the, the simple act of praying before God you are humbling yourself in a position that's telling God, I need your strength. I can't do this alone. What was Jesus praying? He was praying for strength. He was, pray he, he was praying that God would fill him with the power to do what it was that God had called him to do. So, so the, 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 when we say, why do we pray? I pray because I need help. God, I need your strength. I, I can't do this, God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to confess as a man or as a woman that I need help from another source that's not in the, this earth, that's, that's, that's higher than this earth. I, I, I need help. The second thing is we're telling God we are dependent on the Lord for everything. And uh, Psalms 25, 1, it says, In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. In other words, we are telling God 
that God, I am dependent on you. Uh, my, my, every, my, everything, my, my breath, my, my life, my, my Christian walk, everything that I do, God, I'm, I, I need you. See, prayer is communicating that to God. You're, you're telling God, I'm dependent on you. See, so if we never go to God in prayer, how are we ever telling God, I, I'm, I'm dependent? I'm, a, I'm dependent on you, God. When, when do we do that? It only occurs in prayer. And at that time that we, that, that we set aside, and then we pray for direction and for guidance. And um, so, the, and remember James, what did, what did James tell us, the book of James, when he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, what did he say to do? Ask. Ask. What is asking? It's praying. See, this isn't rocket science. It's not like I got I to go get a doctor degree to figure out that all I, if, if I need something, guess what I do? I go ask for it. I, 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 I pray to God. And the, and the Bible says, and, and all of us in here, um, especially when I worked in, in the secular, my secular job that I worked at, I mean, uh, you know, we, we, we sold electrical supplies, and there's, a, there's millions of electrical supplies, and there's a lot of times I would get calls for stuff I didn't know anything about. So I would pray to God, say, God, just give me wisdom to understand what it is when this guy places a phone call. Don't, don't let me look so foolish and stupid when he calls. Let me sound like I have a little bit of understanding of what he's asking about. We ask for wisdom, but how do we do that? We go to God. We, we see we communicate. We, we take the time to communicate with God, and we say, God, I need, I need your God. I need, I need, maybe it's a job change. Maybe you're, you know, you're courting someone for marriage. Maybe it's a difficult situation uh, with, a, with a wayward child or a multitude of different things we could be facing. What do we need? I, I need wisdom. And Jane says, well, why are you not asking? <laughs> don't, don't go, don't, you don't have to go to a prayer class to get that. I just talk, the Bible, James says, just ask God. And, and, God, and God will give that to us. So, so the next question is in verses 2 to 4. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So the second question we need to answer is, how do we pray? And notice that the disciples... Now, what, what did it say in the beginning of this passage? It said Jesus was praying. <laughs> I love that. Jesus was praying, and then the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So why, why were they interested in praying so much? Well, Jesus probably was making it. This was probably, they, they could tell, like the, the Bible's not given all the details, but they probably recognized that this was very significant for Jesus. So it was, this was a top priority for him, and they wanted to know what was it that they needed to do to pray the way that Jesus prayed. And, they, and really, that's a prayer. You know, Lord, teach us to pray. That, that's a prayer. That, that, that in itself was just like, God, would you, would you teach me to pray, Lord? T teach me to pray, just like that disciple, that, that disciple said that. So, so we look at this, and look what Jesus said here. He said, this then, he, he said, G Jesus said, um, when you pray, say, he, he was saying, this isn't how you should pray. This passage, and I know I could step on toes when I say this, th this, this prayer, this, this verse here, it wasn't meant to be a, a prayer. In other words, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong to recite this prayer and memorize this prayer and say this prayer, but if you look at what Jesus said here, it was never intended on being something we memorize and praise. Jesus was giving us a model or an outline of how to pray. In other words, these were the things that Jesus said are included, that should be included when you pray. In other words, so I like to look at it as a, 
again, as a model, as an outline, are, are these things included in, the, in when I'm praying? Are these the things in it? So we're going to look at that in the next slide there, if Josh has that to come up. So, so we look at this. So we, we see these five elements, I believe, that's in that. And then the first thing that, that it says there, he said to them, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. So that's the first thing that Jesus said. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying the first thing you do when you pray is what? You worship God. I don't care if it's, you're praying for sickness, you, your life, you, your finances are empty, you, you don't know where to go, where to turn, you, you bottomed out. I don't care how bad your situation is. The very first thing we do when we pray is we honor God. God, hallowed be your name. God, in other words, what Jesus was saying is recognize God first. But in other words, wor wor worship God. So, so I see in this, this model or this outline that Jesus is telling us the first thing you do when you pray, or however you pray, you know, whatever that looks like for you, again, is communicate with God. But one of the elements you need to have in your prayer outline is worship, is adoration. So I, I, I try to make a habit of this. Like if I, if the, when I drop to my knees and I'm praying before God, the very first thing I do is I just start worshiping God. I says, God, I, I, just, I just thank you, Father God, that you are merciful. God, you're, 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 full, of, you're full of love. You're full of, you're full of joy. God, I praise you for the cross. I thank you for the blood. I, I thank you for Jesus. I, I, just, I, just worship, I just worship him. I just, just, just worship God. See, that, that's the first thing. Then the second thing Jesus said to do, he says, your kingdom come. Well, what is he talking about? Jesus was saying, pray God's will be done. So you pray, God, what, what, God what, ask God, what is your will? Like whatever it is that you're fixing, because like, you're going to have a list of things to pray for, and that's good. We, we come, we, we, we petition God. We, we come before him with all our requests. But what do I want to do? I want to ask God that God, in all these things that I'm about to give you, show me what your will is, not mine. Like, you, like your will be done in this. Your, your will be accomplished in, in whatever, whatever it is things. Your, your will be done. Your, your kingdom come. Your, your purpose, your plan that, that needs to be part of that. And then, then what, what it says, it says, give us each day our daily bread. Well, what's that? That's our provision. So what is Jesus saying? Acknowledge God as your provider. Jehovah Jireh. God, you're my, you're, you're my provider. And I try to do that. And, I, and look, I'll pray. I'll thank God for everything. I'll, I'll thank him for, the, for a place to sleep, for air conditioning, for a house he's given me, a roof over my head, uh, the freedom I have to live in this in this city of Covington, the freedom we have to worship, health in my body. I thank you for my wife, my children. I just thought, God, you provided all these things. See, what am I doing? God already knows that he's our provider, but what does he want us to do? Agree. We have to agree with him, like we acknowledge God. So again, it's, it's, a, it, this, this, this is a, it's an outline. It's part of, of what's happening as you're praying. And then, then it says, then, then he says there, um, uh, forgive us. Um, I think that's out of order. There we had. Uh, oh, you know the protect, protection there. It says, it says, forgive us our sins. And so um, we we have confession there. Yeah, that's the confession is next. We we pray we pray we confess our sins before God. So that needs to be part of the of the outline is confession. And look, all, none of us are perfect. You could have at least one thing that you could say. You know what? I could have did a better job at that, whatever that was. I could have treated my husband better, or I could have treated my wife better, or, 
you know, there's, a, there's something, there's, there's, there, needs to be, there needs to be an element or a component of confession. There, there's, there's, a, there's a, what does the Bible say? A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. So you come before God with that humble, broken, contrite heart, and you just lay it all out before God. You're not surprising God with anything. God's never surprised. Never. Whatever you tell God, he already knows. But again, it's, it's agreement. And then, then it says, and lead us, um, lead, us not, um, and, um, lead us not into temptation. But what does that do? That's, that's protection from the evil one. That, that's what we pray for, a protection. We, we pray, God, uh, surround, surround me, Father God. Put a hedge of protection around me. Prevent me from walking into the, to the schemes of the devil, to the traps that the enemy has laid out for me. So I'm not saying that when you pray, you got to do like one, two, three, four, five. But what I am saying is I do believe that when we pray, some part of this needs to be incorporated in, in our prayers. Does that make sense? So it doesn't, it doesn't mean, okay, I have to just get this page out and can I check, check the box. But in your mind, as you're praying, can you go back and say to yourself, those five things at some point when I prayed were included in my prayer? I believe, so again, Jesus and look, Jesus didn't write a dissertation. He didn't write a big uh, uh, book on this. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, and he gave them four verses. So obviously there's more to this than just the Lord's Prayer. And again, I'm not being disrespectful. It's not wrong to recite this, but, but, but I'm convinced that that was never intended on being a prayer, that we just pray that prayer as much as Jesus was using that to show us or to teach us how to pray. Because the disciple asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus gave them this model or this, 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 this outline um, of, of how to pray. Then the last question is only, is, is only you and I can answer is will you pray? We, we all believe, I think, that prayer is important and that we should pray. But we, I think we also understand that believing something and doing something is two different things. I mean, I, we, we can get all excited about this. And, you know, when like I can say when I left that conference and Gerald Brooks was preaching on this and he did a great teaching on, you know, getting into God's presence and spending time with God and all those different things. You know, you, you, felt, you felt convicted because you're like, you know, man, I, I, I know prayer is important. I understand I need to pray. But, you know, you, could, you always know that you could do a better job. You could be more consistent. And at that, and it really, it, it convicted me. So I think all of us would agree that prayer is important and prayer is something that, that we should do. And I believe God is asking us, will you pray? You know, and I can't answer that for you, you know, and you can't answer that for me. And see, this is one of those things, what did Jesus say to do when you pray? Where to go? Go in your closet. Why? He said, because your heavenly father sees. So this is, this is another reason why prayer doesn't get top of the list. Because everything we've done in service today on a Sunday, it's been public. But God's putting all this emphasis on something that's private. Amen. Only God sees. See? But God says it's important. Jesus did that. He, 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 prayed, he prayed before God. So, so um, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, y'all know the scripture. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will hear, heal their land. And y'all have probably heard me say this before, but the most significant word in that passage is the word if. 
because everything that's, that's written in that, in that passage hinges on that one word, if. If you don't, then all the things that God said I'll do for you will not happen. It's a choice. God's given us a choice. If, if my people, who are, who, are, who are God's people? It's us, those of us who have confessed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, those of us who identify with God. God's not calling on the world to pray. He's calling on his church to pray. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and then, 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 God, then God tells us that he will hear us, he will forgive us, and he will heal us. See, that's faith. See, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to hear or forgive or heal or do all those things if, unless I do what? Unless I exercise faith by praying. If my people. God, God is asking us to answer that question. See, the devil's scheme is to make you and I believe that when we pray, it doesn't make a difference. The devil is trying to convince us that, 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 that if you pray, it's not going to matter. In other words, it won't make a difference if you do pray, and it won't make a difference if you don't pray. So basically, he's just trying to get us discouraged and say, throw up our hands and say, prayer doesn't matter, don't pray. Again, the devil is against the church that prays. Whatever that looks like, he is trying to keep us from praying. So we have to fight, we have to fight against that. But when I read the Bible, I found that men and women who prayed to God, they made a difference. Like one man and one woman made a big difference, and this is just a few of them. But jo Joshua in the Old Testament was fighting a battle against five kings, and he, 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 joined, he, he joined, joined in the fight, and the, the, the Bible says that, that Joshua prayed to God that God would cause the sun and the moon to stand still. Uh, imagine this. That he's, so why? So he'd have more daylight to defeat the enemies. Guess what God did? The Bible says that the sun and the moon stood still. Never before was, has it ever happened before that God, that, that God obeyed and listened to the voice of a human being, the Bible says. Because Joshua did what? He prayed. He prayed. He said, well, my prayer doesn't make a difference. He prayed that the sun would stop, and the sun stopped. God, God did that. Your prayers matter. It, it makes a difference. And then Elijah, and there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of things. James said, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Three and a half years, the Bible says, because Elijah prayed to God and told him that it, and it, did, it did. God listened to him. And then Elijah was also, to, remember, God, he called that fire from heaven to, to, to prove that there's only one God, not the prophets of Baal. Remember, the fire came and, and, and consumed, the, uh, consumed the sacrifice. He, God, he, he prayed. That's just one man. And then, then Hannah in the Old Testament, I love that. What was Hannah asking God for? She wanted a, she wanted a child. She, she, and she wept. The Bible says she wept before God. She wept bitterly. She told God, she said, God, if you give me this child, I will take him and I will dedicate him. His name was Samuel. She, de she dedicated him before the Lord. But God heard her prayer. You say, well, prayer doesn't matter. Prayer doesn't. See, that's the devil's lie. That, that's the devil's tactic to come against you. The, 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 God is telling us if you pray, God will listen to us and God will hear us and God will answer us. And then Jesus, when he prayed, what did he pray when Lazarus died? What did he say? The, for, for, the, for the resurrection. And Jesus, and Jesus told the Lord, he says, I thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayer. And, and what, what, did, what did God do? Lazarus was, was, was resurrected from the grave because Jesus prayed and asked God. So don't tell me prayer doesn't work. Don't tell me God is not, that, that, God, that God is not listening. So, so what is it that you're facing in your life? Is it, is it healing in your body? 
and, and you say, man, I just, I don't know what, are you praying? Is it finances? Are you struggling with finances? It a, maybe it's a job situation, or you're just, you know, having a tough time in your place where you're at, and you're looking for maybe a, a raise or a promotion or whatever, and you're just in a, maybe in a difficult time in your vocation right now. Are you praying? Or has the devil told you, don't pray, it doesn't matter? God's not listening, and that's, that, that's, that's not significant. No, it is significant. I believe when a church decides to pray, God will come down and God will answer us. God will move in the midst of that church because that church decided to do what God commanded us to do, and that's to pray before him. So don't ever discount prayer by saying, well, that's not significant. That doesn't make a difference. That does make a difference. That, cha that, 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 cha that changes things. And, and so there's a, there's a multitude of things that, that, that we could be praying for. And God is simply saying this. Did you ask me? Did you, just like James said, you, you need wisdom? Just ask God. You need healing? Just ask God. You need finances? Just ask God in prayer before God, and God will answer us. Amen? Amen. You can stand to your feet, please. Eli, you can start, I'm sorry, you can begin to play that music. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't you love the Bible? It's like God has all the bases covered for our walk as a Christian. Like he didn't leave anything like, oh, I forgot, I forgot to do this for you. I forgot to make this possible. Like everything was covered. And God made a way for us to go and communicate. But because of Jesus, the Bible says we have access to, to the throne room of God, not because of our goodness, but because of the blood of Jesus. Now I can go boldly, Hebrews says, I can go boldly to the throne of grace, boldly to the throne of God because of the blood of Jesus. That, and that's, that's, that's another aspect of prayer. Are we taking advantage of what Jesus made available to us? Are we praying? Are we asking God? And I, I, I believe that God, that's the foundation of everything we do. That what, you know, what, what is, what, what is, Daryl Brooks says is, you, you gotta make the throne room your walk room. In other words, we gotta spend more time in that place than we do anything else. And that's how all these other things are gonna happen for us. We take the time to be alone with God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to. I just want to make these altars available this morning. There might be something that you're going through this morning that, you know, God knows what it is you're dealing with that, and you're saying, you know what, I need to, I need, I want you to pray with me this morning, but I'm also going to make a commitment. I'm going to pray for this. You know, the devil tried to get me thinking it's never going to change. It's not going to ever get any better. He just told me to give up, and that's a whole other subject. I'm going to preach Jesus. Jesus shared parables about being persistent. You know, and that's what the devil does too, is try to tell us, well, don't, just don't, don't keep praying, nothing's happening. Be persistent. That's what God is saying. So if that's you this morning, you've got something you just want to say, would you just agree with me with this? I want, I want you to agree with me that God's going to move and intervene in my situation, and I'm going to make a commitment to tell God I'm going to pray more. I'm going to pray about this. Amen. So if that's you, you can just make your way up from where you are and just come stand here at the altar and I'm going to um, Lee and Rachel to come up, my wife to come join us. And, um, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's come make a line up here. Hallelujah. God loves this. God loves it when we respond to Him. Amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.